Hello and welcome to In The Pocket, Across The Pond, the UK NFL fantasy football podcast with me, Alex Brindle, joined as always by Lewis and Sharples. We've got a lot of injuries to talk through this week, unfortunately, as well as some cheating San Francisco 49ers. Um, we'll also run through some would-you-rathers for the rest of the season with some players that are hot or not right now. And as always, we'll look forward to the week ahead with our projection beaters, our forget-about-its, and there's a little Jamie Carragher impression competition for us all to wait for at the end. <laughs> Thank you ever so much for listening. If you do want to get in contact, in the pocket across the pond at gmail.com, fire us over a question, tell us whose Jamie Carragher impression was the best, and please leave us a like or a nice review on whichever podcast platform you listen on. Enjoy. It's cut, DeAndre Hipkins. He's my impression of that one NFL commentator. That guy. You know, <laughs> it'd, be good, it'd be good if you knew the name of the guy you were doing. You know what I mean. Pretty good impression. Exactly. Or um, Kevin, Kevin Harlan. Go on then. Go on. You said you could do it. I don't know who that is. Yeah, you do. I know. He's the guy who sounds like this. He goes... Jackson at one. He's got. Oh, he broke his ankles. Right. Now he's got an entourage. That sounds. He does that, basketball. As that's well. that's an all right impression. Like where I am here, I've no idea what that's going to sound like through the microphone. Though it could sound awful, but in person, those are pretty good. Like, how did it sound, Sharples? It sounded like a generic American man. What about the first I one? I do a good. What about the first one? And it's a touchdown, Josh Allen. Who's this then? Who's this? Who's this then? And it's going down in Cincy. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Scott Hansen. That would be Scott Hansen of Red Zone. Yeah, yeah. I got that one. Okay, I feel like I know about Scott Hansen though. We're not getting into this. It's I going do... down in Cincy. No, okay, we're we're going to get into the whole who does the better Jamie Carragher impression, which is not <laughs> which is not related to this podcast. And it's but me, FYI, so it's, it's me, it's, it's, it's Alex. Me. It's me, Alex. I do the better one. Don't don't even start. <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyway. Don't start anyway. It's getting chippy, lads. It's getting chippy in the group chat. It was getting chippy in here before we started recording. It's week five. Rivalries are building. You two played each other this week, didn't you? Mm. We certainly did. We certainly did. What happened there? Well, um, Sharples was completely burying me, to be fair. Absolutely burying me. And it was just uh, one of them weeks that you got to chalk off on the board and think, right, come back next week. Um <laughs> And then Jamal Chase scored fifty points, and I won. So yeah, he's for, seven, for me, it's seven not, eleven. It's not even the individual week. It's just this has happened like three times out of the five games so far. And again, this I've is had, a, like this, I had yeah. Zach Moss sitting on the bench, thirty three points. Hopkins suddenly turns up, <laughs> played Tua over Brock Purdy, who was Brock against the Dallas Cowboys. He goes to twenty six. Just an absolute slap in the face all round. And then to add that. I'm sitting in a bed in Stockholm. It's a nice little chilled night. I was thinking, right, I'm not going to monitor this too much. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to whatever it will be. And then Jamar Chase scores a touchdown, and he scores 
a big touchdown, and then I get a text off Lewis, and then I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get me. He's not going to. It's not going to keep happening. <laughs> yeah. is it? And in the end, he scores about eight hundred thousand and just completely ruined my holiday. <laughs> it was one of them words like I was going to bed on Sunday night, really annoyed. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna. And this is the main league that we're talking about. I know you know a lot of people. You know people listening might. In multiple leagues, you do have that one league, which is the main league. This is the main league we're talking about. And I was like, I was like, in a bit of a mood because I'm like, I'm definitely losing this week. And I was genuinely on the precipice of falling asleep. I had red zone on. I had the precipice of falling asleep, and then that bomb second touchdown to chase happened, and I literally jumped out of bed and tried not to scream. <laughs> um, great, great win. Yeah, I mean, I was the opposite. Were in the main league. I was against DJ Moore. So Friday morning, I I already knew I'd lost the yeah. week, which is a great feeling. Mm. Um, speaking of unjust losses, I would say um, we're going to get into some game reactions from the previous week, and it's it's those cheating. 49ers that I want to start with. <laughs> yeah. They they greased up the field. They greased up the field and, and put anti-grease spray on the cleats, I'd yes. say. Um, yeah, I think they must have done something to Dak Prescott's eyes. Uh, do you know like where you, you have those 3D glasses and it's got like a red and a blue? Mm. Um, I think he got mixed up between red and blue. I think he did. Um, not 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 his fault. I just want to say that it's something to do with whatever the San Francisco yeah. did. I agree. Um, yeah, um, I mean, what, what was it you said at the start of the season? Was it I'm not going to get any more than 15 interceptions? Can we maybe we should, maybe let's make that a little segment. We'll make the Dak Prescott interceptionometer because he got three alone in this game. He must be up to what five or six already. No, I think he's been pretty tidy with the ball so far. He got three in this past game, to be fair. He's 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 on four on the season. Well, on the season. Okay. Um, speaking of INTs and pick sixes, lads, I've just got a quick fun fact for you. I'm just going to dot some of these in mm. every now and then. Um, Mac Jones has as many pick sixes at Foxborough as Tom Brady. That's <laughs> amazing. Also, I've got a li- I've got a little trivia for you two regarding Mac in. Jones. Get it in. Just tell me. Over the past two weeks, right, this past game and the game before, how many fantasy points Mac Jones has well, over the a, past two weeks? As a quarterback, you get as a quarterback. As a quarterback, you get at least three for stepping on the field. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say mm-hmm. six, which is awful, which mm-hmm. is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you lose laughing because we've gone way, we've lowballed it, haven't we? <laughs> uh, Sharps, what do you think? I, I was going to say eight, so. Eight. Over the past two weeks, yeah. Mac Jones has minus <laughs> 0.9 fantasy points. Oh my god! Minus. Yeah. <laughs> that is like, I mean, you. It's irrelevant for fantasy because you weren't playing him ever. But yeah. um, anyway, we're 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 trying to distract from the meta hand. Do you have move, to, move on. Do move your on. worst. Move on. Do your worst. We're talking about Cowboys 10-42 49ers. <sighs> um, San Francisco are just on a collision course for Philadelphia at the minute. Um, and if I'm being totally honest, I think San Francisco, um, the in a league of their own, and if they got through to the Super Bowl it would be a pretty boring Super Bowl regardless of who they played at the moment in all seriousness. But what what have you got to say about this game, Sharples? 
No, I mean, I mean, I think it was. To be honest, I, I did think Dallas would would knock them off. Though it was going to be the kind of game in the regular season the Cowboys win. But then I think I said later on when you played them in the playoffs, Niners will uh, will take it. But I mean, they've just got so many ways they can attack you from. I mean, McCaffrey actually had a quiet game, you know, particularly this season. I mean, last week going out and scoring four touchdowns, and he always gets, you know, he always gets his. He got a touchdown, but he only got himself about thirteen points. I know full well because he was on my team this week. But then when McCaffrey shut down, George Kittle goes and gets two. They dump one off to uh, Kyle Usick, um, and and Brock Purdy. Just looks like the man, like he really does. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously fortunate to end up in in the Niners out of all the other teams, but picked him in the last pick of the draft. That is looking like the steal of the decade at this point. He he looks so calm mm-hmm. and composed. And the Cowboys, I mean, I don't know. I think I think they are very reliant on this defense to come through for them. And on a on a week like that, where defense weren't really sort of making those big big plays they normally do, they've struggled. I mean, Dak Prescott. Starting to question him a little bit. Um, just, I think he's had the sort of same question mark, over, you know, over his head for the past few years. Is he the guy to get them over the edge? And it's games like this, the big games where it'd be a statement win, and you, that's kind of the ones where you start questioning him, which is a bit of a worry for me. But obviously, you boys, you know, the Cowboys inside and out. You've shed a lot of tears. Yeah, yeah. You've shed a lot more. I, what about someone? I know. <laughs> I I agree on Prescott. I agree on Prescott. It's just one of them where it's like you want a quarterback who can keep you in these games, and he just he isn't that. And I've been a Dak Prescott apologist for years and years, but um, it's starting to worth in a little bit because it as soon as the Forty ers start going ahead and the ball is in Prescott's hands and he needs he ha- it's not there's a difference between Prescott making plays in games where we're 10 points up and he's just you know throwing it about easy peasy it's a completely different thing when you're asking him to make plays in a game where you need to catch up and you're falling behind and you're sort of clawing your way back because the the interceptions are just completely telegraphed mm. like you know they're going to happen it, so it's it's it, it's weird because <clears throat> he's gone through Dak Prescott's um I want to say a relatively short career at the minute because I know he's been around for a while, but you still think to yourself it's, it's less than 10 years that he's, he's been the Cowboys staying quarterback, uh, more like 7-8. Um, just the different kind of types of quarterback he's been in that time. Yeah. Obviously, you've got CJ Stroud on this no-interception run, um, and and, Dak, and when you look at that stat, Dak Prescott in his rookie season's up there because that was the thing about Prescott in his rookie season. He didn't turn the ball over for the first few seasons of his career. Then you had that completely blow-up 2021 season where he was slinging it everywhere and yeah. amazing for fantasy football. But also earlier in his career, he was a serious rushing threat as well. And I don't know, he just... He, regardless of what type of quarterback you think Dak Prescott has been in those years. I think the damning thing this year is that he looks a shell of any of them. Um, I would rather him um, not get as many yards and not turn the ball over or get a load of yards and maybe take the turnovers if he's going to throw 400 yards a game or something, Mm. three, 400 yards a game. But he just kind of looks a shell of himself at the minute, which is a shame because um, I think it's a really easy guy to root for mm. uh, but also a really easy NFL player to, to kind of uh, pick apart if you will and intercept and intercept <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, I think we're going to speak about the 49ers a little bit more soon though um, elsewhere 
I thought this Steelers win against the Ravens was a big statement. They're a bit of a banana skin for the Ravens. Um, they were the same colours as well. Yeah, yellow, There's a banana skin, <laughs> yellow and black. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it feels like... It feels I'm like impressed that you got that joke out. Yeah. yeah. Well done. You said you were going to delete that, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you want to believe that this Steelers offense has been unlocked, and I'm not saying it's been unlocked as in it's going to be a top offense in the league, but I'm saying as in Pickens is going to be a guy that you can rely on for fantasy. They've got Deontay Johnson coming back potentially next week. Um, was this more about the Steelers or the Ravens, Lou? I, I think, I think probably the Rave. I think the Steelers. Sorry, I think the Steelers. But in a different way, I think it was about the Steelers' defense because the Steelers' defense is the crown and jewel of that team. Um, I'm completely not convinced by Kenny Pickett, even though he threw a couple of nice um, balls to George Pickens, who, you know, like I like I said previously in the in the off season, he's a dude. Um, I don't know if Pickens is going to be sort of like a reliable fantasy stud with Pickens at quarterback. Pickett at quarterback. Bloody hell. Um, But yeah, I think Steelers, I I do, I don't, you know, I don't like it when sometimes it's like, oh yeah, well this was more about this team playing bad. It's like an NFL win is an NFL win and an NFL win is very hard to do. So this is more about the Steelers. Mm. Sharples at what about Lamar in this one and going forward? There's we've always known Lamar's potential to, I suppose, stall um, and give you some down weeks for fantasy. Do you just brush this one off because he has been good for fantasy, even though we've been critics of the Ravens' offense? Lamar's been good so far this season. It's just the, this, just one that you brush off. Yeah, L- Lamar himself's been good, but I do think it is symptomatic of this Ravens' offense as a whole this season. I mean. The amount of times, because I've got Mark Andrews in fantasy, so I'm sitting there watching him light up in orange when he's on the ball. The amount of times they had possessions of the ball and chance to reload and, and try and do something and just did nothing. Uh, Lamar threw the balls 38 times, which is obviously a lot. So they had plenty of the ball. They just they just couldn't seem to get it over the line after that first touchdown. And and then, you know, the game drags on. And then suddenly when you need your, you know, your defense step up, they go and ship two late touchdowns and, and the game's gone. So... Yeah, I think for Lamar himself, um, you know, with with his legs and that, he's always gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be fine. And this was just a game where hmm. his arm wasn't there. So I think for Lamar, you can you can yeah. sweep it under the rug. But I do think for these the pieces of the Ravens' offense, I'd I'd be a little bit worried for some of them. I mean, they've not really done anything on the ground. Um, I'd say it's probably Flowers, the rookie, who's the most promising of the wide receiver call. But even so, he's not really had a a breakout game yet. Mm-hmm. So. I'm a, yeah. I'm a little bit concerned. I, I I think this offense doesn't really know what it is yet. I know they obviously changed coordinators, yeah. changed styles a little bit. I think they're still bedding into it, but you know it's week five now. We need to start for me throwing it to some of the some of the playmakers, which would be Flowers and Andrews, yeah. and letting Lamar go with his legs. It's a little yeah, bit of a mishmash exactly. in the middle. Not sure what they are at the minute. So yeah, I do I do think there's a lot of room for for improvement with this Ravens team. Yeah, it is, and I think when we're saying stuff like throw it to your playmakers and run it with Lamar, it begs the question, what on earth are they doing? What on earth else right. is there to do yeah, with this team? Exactly. But that, that's clearly not what mm. they're doing. You know, The game and the stats tell you that's not what they're doing. Um, 
But moving on, Lou, I see in your notes you've got Jags versus Bills, what happened? Uh, I'll tell you what happened because, unfortunately, I watched this game for yeah, the first I three was, quarters. I was, I was in work, so I couldn't yeah. watch the game. Um, but it was incredibly baffling. Uh, I thought I thought my fantasy football apps were, were like stalling because I got an influx of points in the fourth quarter and nothing before yeah. that. No, I'll fill you both in on this one. Um both teams looked completely average and it was your standard London game for the first three quarters, you know, pretty slow, mm. uh, not many big plays, not being able to get things going. Uh, and then they kind of went blow for blow in the fourth quarter. Josh Allen with a costly turnover, not near the end of the game, but one of those where you look back and it was costly because of um, uh, the points that they ended up losing by. Um, and then honestly, kind of out of nowhere, Travis Etienne busts a huge run to ice the game. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of the story of it. It's just neither team could get going. They both started playing in the fourth quarter, and then it, it, it was just which te- for which team is there going to be a gap appear? Uh, for which team is someone going to get open? So I'm not jumping for joy about... Um, the Jackson jumping for joy about the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, I mean, it's, it's it's not the best loss for the Bills, but um, yeah, I'm not sat here like Jacksonville's back on it. That they're here, you know. No, it was it was pretty underwhelming. It, not too dissimilar to the game that we saw the week before, Lou. To be honest with you, but I do think that game was worth mentioning because it's a scoreline which uh, has you scratching your head with how the two teams were playing. Um, but. I want to know from you two, which of these high-scoring teams impressed you most this week? The Burrs, the Saints, the Lions, the Dolphins, the Bengals, or the Jets? All with wins, and all with uh, decent scores, I would say. So, Lou, which one of those teams impressed you the most this week? Lions, because I have in my notes, Lions look great. Because they do. Lions are getting it done. I know, you know... You're talking about high scoring though, but they're doing it on both sides, really. Like the defense is solid, their offense is ticking over. This this is like not even like last year where it was sort of a funny, like funny that like whoa the Lions are decent. It's like no, the Lions are one of the better teams in the league now, mm. just legitimately. Mm. And fun fact for you, another one: uh, Sam Laporta has as many career touchdowns as Kyle Pitts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about you, Sharples? Birds, Saints, Lions, Dolphins, Bengals, Jets. Uh, most impressive high-scoring team of this week? Um, yeah, I was going to go with the Lions, but I'm happy to differentiate because there was a few good ones. I think probably the Saints. I mean, not only 34 points, which I think going into the going into the week, they'd, they'd scored something like 62 on the whole season, so they pretty much got 50% of their points. Uh, sorry, an extra 50% added on in just this week alone. But not only that, they shut the Patriots out, which admittedly, isn't too difficult this season, but still, when you see that big <laughs> on the score sheet, something to be impressed by. So, uh, yeah, good yeah. Uh, good display on both sides of the ball. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably just second what Lou said, to be honest with you. Um, let's find some positives in some losing teams. Which losing team put up the best fight? The Texans, the Rams, or the Vikings, Lou? Um, well, I saw a lot of that Rams game, and I'll, I'll be honest, like... In that third and fourth quarter, they didn't look like going up the field at all. Like mm. it didn't look convincing whatsoever. Vikings, um, I wouldn't say they put up a good fight because they're always knocking themselves out. So 
I'm going to say Texans because the, out of those three teams, the Texans are the only one who I felt actually should have won that game. Yeah. Should have won the game that they're in. What about you, Sharples? Yeah, I would have to echo the Texans. I mean, they lost on a very late uh, coup field goal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not much to say about it other than that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, again, Stroud looks great. This team looks like a real unit. I said to, to Lou on Sunday night, it, it's pretty obvious why all these teams were clamouring for D'Amico Ryans, even the Broncos. And you look, they've got future Hall of Fame head coach Sean Payton and they were clamouring for Ryans. Um, we're laughing at that now, but he will be. Um, he's, he's, yeah, I tell you what, he's, yeah. he's doing his... He's, Doing his darndest to not be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but the, the Texans, and it was one of those where it it, it kind of felt like the, the Falcons were kind of party poopers in a way because with the way the game went and how well Stroud's been playing, it just seemed like a great ending to the game. No one, well, at least no one in my house wanted the Falcons to come back and uh, win that game you know so I'm going to say the Texans not just because the the Rams and the Vikings did look like losing by the end of those games but they just they did put up a really good fight and they're a tough team they're a tough team and I think they're a really easy team to root for these days um, but I'm, I mentioned that we were going to talk about San Francisco and that's because I assume all our impressive victories they've got to be San Fran haven't they lads mm-hmm. yeah yeah they look like the class of the whole league, and like I said, they are on a collision course with Philadelphia. I believe those two divisions are playing this year, so that's going to be a really interesting one. Um, both four and all teams, but yeah, who who's going to put up a fight against against the, these? Uh, did any of us have the the Niners to be in or win the Super Bowl? I did. I I um, well, I was just going to answer the question you posed. Um, the people who are going to Put up a fight against them. Is, uh, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because they were 49ers Chiefs was my Super Bowl pick. Mm. Yeah. Um, even then, this this Niners team is <laughs> scary. Yeah. Even then, it's scary yeah. though. Yeah. Um, what about the not buying it win, Lou? Not buying it, Burrs. Obviously, the mm-hmm. Burrs like this. I know the Burrs put up a lot of points and a lot of fantasy goodness, but that performance is not indicative of this Burrs team. The the Burrs team. Um, they're going to be for the rest of the season is close to the team you saw in weeks one to three not the mm. ones you've seen these past couple yeah. of weeks Sharples uh, unfortunately going to have to go with the uh, with the Jets um, obviously got the win against the Broncos but Zach Wilson did, still didn't show anything it was basically Greg Zerline kicking him to death and obviously Brees Hall had, mm. had a really nice game I mean if they're going to put the ball in Brees Hall's hands then yeah maybe they can put something together but no, um, I, I just think now that Rodgers is gone, they, they might as well just tank it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were getting a bit carried away with how Zach Wilson played in the loss against Kansas City. Um, I agree. Put the ball in Brees Hall's hands. I will say, if you didn't trade for Brees Hall already in fantasy, now it's too late. Um, mm. He's a great player. Um, I'm going to go the... Falcons. I'm going to go the Falcons because watching this team last week very closely and this week, I'm disappointed with what I thought they were going to be this year. The grinding out wins um, from time to time, but yeah, I thought they were just going to look more like a, a unit and like a team which that knows their identity. Um, so I'm going to go Falcons. Um, quick shout out to the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game win though in that yeah. Jets win. Incredible. Um, and who's the worst team in the league, Lou? You cannot suffer 
the worst loss of your coaching career one week, and then the next week follow it up with a shutout loss, which is also your worst home loss of your career as a coach. So the worst team in the league is the New England Patriots. <laughs> Travels. Yeah, I uh, have to agree. It was fun to say, probably not been able to say it for the last 25 years or whatever, but yeah, yeah. it's the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine begins with P as well, but I've gone for the Panthers. Oh, I just okay. think they look pretty woeful this year. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of how bad the Patriots look, though, Luke, do you think that CBS or ESPN commentary booth looks like there's a nice little empty spot for the greatest coach of all time next season? Oh, yeah. Bill Belichick's <laughs> heading to the booth, folks. That is my locked-in pick for the rest of the year, Bill, <laughs> Bill Belichick, heading to the booth. Yeah. Great, it'd be a great, you know, great analyst, I think. So, it's one of the, I mean, I don't, it's a difficult one, because obviously you get all these debates now where it's like, well, Tom Brady, you know, won a Super Bowl without him. It's not, we need to accept that it was neither one nor the other, it was both of them. But I'm, yeah. I'm seeing things like, you know, Bill Belichick's just aged out of it. He's not suited to the modern game. I'm like, chill out. The guy was winning Super Bowls like five, <laughs> six uh, yeah. years ago or something. So, yeah. Difficult one. I feel like DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins heard us. DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like he had us taking the mick out of him the other week because he was... He was grabbing, grabbing catches from everywhere <laughs> this past week. He looked unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and, yeah, I mean, Tanit. Yeah, he was <laughs> sat on your. Oh goodness me! Um, but speaking of really good fantasy performances, um, weekly top fives at each position. I'm going to run through them, lads, and then you tell me some standouts. Uh, at the quarterback, Justin Fields, number one quarterback on the week on most people's benches, including mine. Uh, Josh Allen, Jared Goff, Jalen Hurts, Desmond Ridder in there. Uh, but Purdy, Howell and Burrow with good games as well. Travis Etienne, your number one running back on the week, followed by Zach Moss. <sighs> good audition for him, what, I suppose. Yeah, what's, what's going on with Zach Moss, Moss now? Like, what's his role going forward? Nothing. The book Ball Boy... I don't know. You just, you just, you just. I mean, and this is no slight on Zach Moss because the guy looks like a really good running back, but they just paid Jonathan Taylor a load of money. Yeah. Um, which, which we'll get into in news. Um, but it's an interesting one. Uh, Brees Hall, Devin A. Chan, and David Montgomery with a big game. Uh, but apart from that, running back scoring was not very good this week at all. There's a lot of running backs in the busts. Uh, Lou knows who the number one wide receiver is. He's open. 7-11. 7 to Jamar Chase. Um, DJ Moore, because of Chase, DJ Moore somehow didn't end the week as the number one wide receiver. Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen. Don't want your thoughts on that guy just yet, lads. Uh, Pickens as well, but Diggs, Hopkins, Cheeky Gabe, uh, and the Rams wide receivers with good games. Uh, and then Kittle, Goddard, Kelsey, Thomas, Laporta, Schultz, Waller, Pitts, and Komet with all good games from the tight end position. Any favourite fantasy performances this week, Lou? You've already been through Jamar Chase. So Aside from Jamar Chase? Yes. Um, I mean, listen, it was a. I've got Dallas Goddard, so it's nice seeing him involved. This is, this is um, a, a very bittersweet one, right? I. I would say Adam Thielen. It's sweet because I, I like Adam Thielen. I've had him in previous years. He's a really good player. And it's nice to see that the, the guy is still a number one wide receiver in this league. Um, it was bitter because 
I was facing him against Alex Sharples. Alex Sharples was playing Adam Thielen, and Adam Thielen was out there just, just you know, doing the rounds on the bin lorry, the garbage man in garbage time, scoring touchdowns. Like one minute I'm looking at him like, that game's done, sorted, Thielen's on 15, whatever, cool. Next thing he's got 22. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Take him off the field. He's an old man. <laughs> he might get injured. <laughs> Thielen, um, Sharples, any any standout fantasy performances, uh, either of someone yeah. who I mentioned or didn't mention? Yeah, I mean, I had Fields in the Sleeper League, so obviously that was nice. Some like 45 points, just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and also, mm-hmm. uh, George Kittle, tight end. I mean, three touchdowns, was it, in the end? Yeah, um, yeah. Just just lethal. Did you see his T-shirt? No. That said, F Dallas. What? And, he, and he, he had a T-shirt on underneath, and then he just pulled it up when he scored a touchdown, and he said, F Dallas. Did it? Yeah. Who? Which I didn't... George was Kittle. happy about it. No. And I thought, mate, that isn't... That's like I, I know. Well, he, unreal, I, know right? I know he loves WWE, so he's trying to bring a bit of showmanship to it. But um, get lost! That you was cheating, a, idiot. Yeah, you idiot, isn't it? cheater, isn't it? <laughs> you, you, in WWE terms, that was a shoot. That was a shoot. As in, he did it for real. Oh right, yeah. Okay. It wasn't a work. It did with Micah with Micah Parsons' reaction. It didn't seem like a work. <laughs> this is all for all the WWE. All the wrestling fans. In the audience, know what I'm talking about when I say it's a work shoot or a work. Shoot. So shoot is for real. Yeah, if work I, is. If I punch you in the face now for real, that would be a shoot. Um, but if I, what are some good examples of a real of a shoot in WWE? Montreal screw job. Okay, that's uh, whereas the whole Vince McMahon is dead angle was a work. Well, yeah, because he's not dead. Yeah, but that's why it was a work. Okay, uh, but yeah, Montreal screw job was perhaps the most famous shoot. Um, anyway. Busts. A lot of running backs on this list. Uh, Miles Sanders, Najee Harris, Karen Williams. My my notes have also corrected to Karen Williams. <laughs> Karen Williams. Whoever <laughs> she is. Um, um, Ramondre Stevenson, Derek Henry, Tony Pollard, James Cook. Yeah, bad week for the running backs, as I said. But Lamar, not a great week. Devonta Smith, uh, Colton Sutton, and Lewis is precious. Dallas defense. Well, I w- obviously <laughs> wasn't playing them in this game. I was smart. And I this is one of the games that you were holding them in. Yeah, yeah. and I've had yeah, a look at the up. schedule. I'm going to ho- hold them in a lot of games <laughs> coming up. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pl- basically playing the Dallas defense wh- whenever they're at home. <clears throat> um, if the matchup's good, okay. <laughs> yeah. I will say. Can I just, Shepherds? I know you're trying to interject and make fun of me, but no. Um, no, no, no. No, come on. Go on, go on. Because I was going to no, change the subject. I was just going to say, because um, obviously you went and you picked them in like what third round or something. Like you could have had uh, Adam Thielen in the thirteenth, I think. Can we, can we, can we stop talking about Adam Thielen because I'm going to bring him up very soon in a little surprise oh, okay. segment that Sorry. I've got for you both. Okay, um, I will just say Derek Henry. Um, is this it? As no, Julian Casablancas would would ask. Would is would cry. It? Is this it? Um, no, I mean, I am gonna album, once again no. beg people to pick. <laughs> I'm gonna once again beg people to pick up Tajik Spears. Okay. Um, but I don't think this is it. Yeah. Um, speaking of 
players that haven't been doing very well, players that have been doing very well. A little quick game for you lads of Would You Rather, rest of the season edition. Um, quarterback, running back, wide receivers. We're going to go through. Um, I've got two selections on each, a couple more on the wide receivers though. Would you rather, for the rest of the season, have Brock Purdy, currently the QB5, averaging 19 points per game, or Trevor Lawrence, currently the QB16, averaging 14 points a game? Uh, who would you rather have for the rest of the season, Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence? Uh, uh, quite no, comfortably, Purdy, for me. I thought you were going <laughs> to... Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say something like Justin Fields, and then you'd have to compare sort of the boom bust with the steady Eddie. But, I mean, if it's literally Purdy and Lawrence... I just think this this 49ers offense is just rolling. The only problem is yeah. if they go like too many scores ahead, then they just run the ball. Um, but yeah. I, I think he looks too good. Yeah, that, that, that's what this is really. We're looking at the offense that they're in because the reason why I think Lawrence is an interesting comp is because of obviously the real life um, potential and the real life hype, but also where you drafted him in fantasy, how this Jaguars mm. team should have been performing. Um, this really should be a no-brainer. Then, and five weeks ago, we'd have never, never have thought about choosing Brock Purdy ahead of Lawrence. But where are you going, Lou? Oh yeah, Brock Purdy. Just I know what you're saying like it's the draft capital and the promise of Lawrence, the yeah. player. But but fantasy wise, you can't argue. Yeah. You've got to go Purdy yeah. in that situation because mm. you, you've got to take all these. Um, would you rather um, suggestions in context with the offences that they're in and how they've been playing at the minute versus how they could play? For instance, um, this next one, running back, rest of season, would you rather have David Montgomery, currently the running back 8, average, averaging 20 points a game, or Joe Mixon, currently the running back 17, averaging 11 points a game? You see the disparity there between running back 8, 20 points, running back 17, 11 points. Those top, top guys... There's a gap between them, and somehow Montgomery's in mm. those top guys this season. But Lou, Montgomery or Mixon, rest of season. Um, <laughs> um, the only way I can do this is to sort of contextualise it. So it's like I'm assuming if I were to have those guys, it would be my running back too. I'd be happy with Montgomery as a running back too because you've got that sort of boom potential. He's he's like a better version of Jamal Williams last year for the Lions. Okay. Um, but I, although I do I do believe Jameer Gibbs. I don't know when it's going to be, but he will take a large workload um, in that backfield mm. at some point. But probably Montgomery. Chapels. Yeah, I think it's an interesting comparison, that one, because they basically do the opposite of each other. So, Joe Mixon gets you up the pitch and then doesn't get you into the end zone. He had two or three goal line carries from the one-yard line uh, last week and couldn't get it over. Whereas Montgomery, Montgomery obviously, he, he can run up, but generally he gets wheeled on at the at the goal line. And he'll score, for example, played against him two weeks ago and I was against Adam. He scored three touchdowns for a combined total of six yards. So yeah. they do literally the opposite of each other. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, as a mixing owner, uh, touchdowns is what gets you points in fantasy. And especially if you're sitting with an RB2 context, I mean, mm-hmm. I've got Christian McCaffrey as my RB number one. I'm happy with a sort of higher peak guy, which I think you'll get with Dave Montgomery if he's going to get multiple touchdowns in some weeks. So, yeah, for me, uh, Montgomery, Montgomery over mixing. And uh, I just think, yeah, the, the Bengals haven't really used him as much as, they, as, much as they could, but... You could argue yeah. that he might be starting to reach the uh, reach the hill. 
Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was clearly a boom week this week for Montgomery with Gibbs missing. Yeah. Um, I think I'd probably go Mixon. I I still am old-fashioned in that way. I, I want to gamble on the Bengals' <coughs> offense yeah. and Mixon being the, the kind of uh, workhorse guy. Um, but finally, wide receiver. So would you rather have Adam Thielen, currently the wide receiver 10, 19.6 points a game and getting peppered with targets every game, or any of the fabled wide receiver twos, that being Devonta Smith, who's currently the wide receiver 26, T. Higgins currently the wide receiver 64, or Jalen Waddle currently the wide receiver 47. Um, would you rather have Adam Phelan over any of those players rest of season? Any of the fabled wide receiver twos that have all been pretty disappointing this year so far? Um, Lou, do you want to take it first? Um... Adam Phelan's been great, but no, none of them. No, okay. I would have Devonta Smith. Or this is Devonta Smith might have not been that good so far, but a bit underwhelming, I should say. <clears throat> still been still been pretty safe, but this is what Devonta Smith is in in fantasy football. You know, he's boom bust. Devonta Smith will end up being like the wide receiver four in the last six weeks of the season or something like that. Mm-hmm. T Higgins once he's back from injury. Um, if if the Bengals really have figured something out, he he will be fine. He will be better. And Jalen Waddle, um, he's going to have his weeks. That is an incredibly high powered offense, um, and he's he's you know a, a fantastic wide receiver. Adam Thielen's great, but I think the likelihood of Adam Thielen breaking down or Bryce Young breaking down, you know, or that offense just not being able to move the ball is a lot more likely than these other guys sustaining this bad run of form. Sharps, what are you saying? Um, I would have thought that would be my answer as well, but being an Adam Thielen owner and seeing what he's been doing over the last three, four weeks, it's mm. pretty nice. I mean, I, I mm. couldn't I couldn't honestly yeah. say that if, if one of those guys were on my roster right now, I'd be starting them over Adam Thielen. And so I think I have to go with Thielen. I mean, like you say, I'll absolutely peppered with targets. Getting must I mean I've not checked it but it must be ten or eleven over the past few games he's getting touchdowns yeah you could say it was garbage time but it doesn't really matter to me and even without that touchdown it's still still a good game for him more than I think those other guys got because I know Waddle um, wasn't amazing this week yeah I got I've got to go with Thielen and as well we've seen him get thrown to by Bryce Young and also by the backup Andy Dalton and both times he got absolutely covered in targets so gives you a bit of security there. I agree it's not a great offence, but he is the shining light in that offence at the minute. Um, and, yeah, yeah, Thielen. Yeah, I mean, I would I would probably take Thielen over all of them but Jalen Waddle, and that's because, obviously, out of the three of them, I'm normally highest on T Higgins and lowest on Devonta Smith, so I think I would go Thielen over Smith, uh, just because like he's my least favourite of those wide receiver twos. Um and I would go Thielen over Higgins because I think, you know, by the time Higgins has has, has come over this injury, if it is a knock that's gonna linger a little bit like we've seen with him in the past, um, and by the time this Bengals offense gets rolling, we could be looking at being in week eight, seven, eight. And Phelan's already racked up a bunch more points by then, so I, I, I don't I don't want to wait for Higgins to become the guy he was last year because it might take a few more weeks. However, I think Jalen Waddle, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for him to blow up, mm. um, and I want pieces of that Miami offense. Offense, so yeah, um, 
but an interesting one. Theon's been really, really good. <clears throat> um, let's have a look at how our player picks did last week, shall we, Lou, before we get into the news and injuries. Um, it's not pretty, lads. <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs> luckily, luckily... Sharples had a hit with Jared Goff or that pact that we all signed where we said if we have a week when none of us get a hit we quit the podcast and delete all episodes we were <laughs> remember that pact that we all signed uh, we, were, yeah. we were virgin because uh, we were virgin on that because because Sharples with the only hit of the week with Jared Goff a lot of middling performances um, I had a, a, a bad miss with, with Dalton Kincaid who's a player I think we should maybe chat about it at some point in terms of a tight end who's not lived up to any sort of hype. Um, Brian Robinson with a disappointing game. And and I suppose, finally, Lou, just talk us through Jordan Love because this was a surprise to all uh, uh, fantasy players and NFL <laughs> watchers so far this season. I don't know. You know I watched the highlights and he just, he, he just poor decision-making. Um I, I met. It's incredible that he threw that many picks when one of the main reasons I said to start him was that the Raiders had one, one forced turnover before that game. Mm. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will just say, I know it wasn't. It just barely wasn't a hit, but Rashi Rice. Um, I just wanted to update on the stats that I gave about him. His snap percentage did go down in the offense, but his targets per route run went up. His targets per route run are at an elite level at 34%. Um, he's decent. It's only a matter of time. And he wasn't a hit, but I did predict it would be his best career fantasy game, and it was. Okay. But that just ended up being 13 points. Very good. Very <laughs> good. Um, well, let's get into some news and injuries, Lou. Yeah. Um, strap in lads this is going to be a rough one um, let's start with Justin Jefferson hamstring injury they're going to place him on injured reserve he's going to miss at least four weeks if if you're lucky uh, I'm going to say yeah I mean there's also a chat out about you know if this Vikings team is losing games which without the best player they probably will be losing games Um in, in worse fashions than they have been doing. It's like, you know, if he if, if he comes back and and the what um two and what seven something like that is what's the point? You know? Um yeah. Moving on from that, Anthony Richardson, AC joints brain, shoulder injury, he's gonna miss at least a month. Looks so, rough. Did look yeah, rough. Yeah, look rough. Um <laughs> So, yeah, backup quarterback in for there. Um, Travis Kelsey, low ankle sprain. Um, we saw him with it taped up in the game. He didn't practice um, on Monday this week, so I'll just monitor that one. Devon Achan, gutting, knee injury, probably going to be placed on injury reserve. That is heartbreaking because um, he was sort of the, the waiver pickup of the year this year, really. Um, James Connor as well with a knee injury um, these are all and the thing is these are all starters on your teams which is mm-hmm. so going yeah James Conner knee injury he's going to miss multiple weeks um, we've also got Khalil Herbert of the birds of a high ankle sprain and Roshan Johnson who you would assume is would be an absolute smash player without Herbert he suffered a concussion so you know what it's like with concussions he probably end up going to 
you're not probably going to end up missing this week. Still going to pick him up, though, probably next week. Uh, absolutely, if he's available. Um, Tank Dell, rookie wide receiver for the Texans, concussion, so he's probably going to miss as well. And then Daniel Jones, <laughs> neck injury. Um, that's unclear whether he'll miss time or not. So, you know, if you're a, if you're a Giants fan, um, I'm sorry, but it, it looks like Daniel Jones might not miss some time. Um <laughs> yeah. Speaking of these injuries, dead quick just before you get into the main bit of news, Lou. Um, can I vent just really quickly? Go on. So in our main league that we referred to earlier, this week I had Saquon Barkley, Amon Rassant Brown, T. Higgins and Javante Williams all injured, so I couldn't play them. Uh, and I had Mike Evans on by. Um and then I had Anthony Richardson knocked out of the game near the start of it. That was that was my story Sunday. Uh, and then today, in another league that I'm very invested in, I had Justin Jefferson and Devon Achan placed on IR. So I guess what I'm asking is, uh, what stops me from quitting fantasy football? Um, nothing. Um, Pack it up now. Yeah, we've been asking you this question for years, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you just yeah. got to keep rolling. You just got to because you, you know. Points are going to come from somewhere, and it'll feel nice the fact that you're sort of ducking and diving and picking players who might end up, you know, winning your week out of the blue. So it'll still be fun for more for us because we'll be beating you and watching you fail. But <laughs> keep going. <laughs> I think this is um, why having multiple leagues helps as well. I know, like, since I started doing that, because when we first started, I was literally just all or nothing in our main league and. You have a bad time in that, yeah. it's just miserable, but I'm in four leagues now. <laughs> Obviously, I care the most about ours, but I'm 5-0 and oh in one, I'm like 4-2 and two in another. You know, it's just, it just gives you a bit more perspective. You're not terrible at fantasy, you just might have injuries, it's just yeah, not worked know, out, you yeah. might have had a load of points scored against you. Um, you know, so I would say if you are feeling down right now, random listener, and you're only in one league, get yourself an extra couple next season and I'm yeah. pretty sure you'll win in one of them. Law of averages, really. Yeah. It's easier not to... To tilt you back off, but uh, oh boy, would I would I trade all those other victories for one, yes. one in the main league? Yeah. Listen, listen, yeah, same, yeah, but you know, that, it's just that, it's just something. It's just yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but what was the big bit of news, Lou? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, JT. Jonathan Taylor uh, got extended three-year contract, makes him the third highest-paid running back in the league. And he came back in and completely burned yeah. everybody. You know, you know, you know what I would do <laughs> if I just gave a running back what was it, forty-three million? Yeah, I would. I think I would give him a fifteen percent snap share. Well, they were they were snap chatting percent. on about how he was, how he was like how he was say. healthy, he was this, that, and the other, and that just obviously wasn't the case. They had no intention. Zach Moss was a hot hand. Yeah, they had no intention <laughs> of plugging Jonathan Taylor in like like he Can was. Can we get a refund? Again. Can we get a refund They'll on this get. Jonathan Taylor contract? Probably Why? Because that. Zach Moss is uh, the best running back in the league. Um, anyway, waivers. Let's <clears> give <throat> the folks who are listening uh, some players to target on the waiver wire. Players. In ESPN leagues that are rostered in less than fifty percent, um, I'm going to throw out the Jameson Williams wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, who came back from suspension this week. Very quiet game, and he had a stop-start rookie season last year as well. Uh, but he was a very high draft pick and came very highly rated. So I think 
he, he must be a piece in this offense at some point, and all it takes is one blow a week, especially if St. Brown misses again. Uh, and I'm also going to go Taiji Spears, like I said before, because um, Henry might be over the hill. They like Taiji Spears. He's a talented running back. He's getting passes as well. Um, he needs adding, realistically, especially if something happens to Derek Henry. Um, but yeah, Lou. Um, I'm going to go two wide receivers, sort of in, you know, in reaction to that Justin Jefferson injury. Um, firstly, KJ Osborne, um, the wide receiver for Minnesota. By no means is this going to be like a, you know, Jefferson replacement. No one can replace Justin Jefferson, but. Osborne's been a solid receiver for that team for a while. He knows the offense, they're comfortable with him. Obviously, Jordan Addison is the hot pickup, but he's probably rostered in most leagues. Uh, KJ Osborne could find a nice role in the as a nice little flex option if you want to pick him up. Um, so I'd say look out for Osborne. And then I'm going to go Quentin Johnson. I probably mentioned Quentin Johnston um, before in this segment, but he's still rostered in plenty, unrostered in plenty of leagues. And that sort of bye week jump for rookies is is real. You know, they sort of they get schemed into more of the plays, become more integral part of the offense. Chargers have just had a bye week. Obviously, Mike Williams got injured a couple of weeks ago. Don't be surprised if Quentin Johnston comes out this week and is more involved and more confidently um, involved in, in this offense. Sharples. Uh, I've gone for him, which I was actually surprised um, how low his roster percentage is, but Matt Stafford is uh, only rostered in 34% of leagues so far. I know it was a little bit of a slow start for him, but um, last two weeks he's picked up. He's had a lot of unlucky interceptions this season, a lot of tips, tip balls, yeah. uh, and I just think uh, adding Cooper Cup back into this mix alongside Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams is a, is a receiving threat as well. I just think this offense has real potential um, to sort of explode, um, and he's a QB seventeen at the minute. I think as long as he remains injury free, he's guaranteed to finish a lot higher than that come the end. I just think now's a really good time to to pick it up, pick him up, and he's he's certainly out there to be got. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and especially as we're saying, bye weeks coming up. Speaking of Green Bay and Pittsburgh on buys this week, not not a great deal of fantasy implication there. I don't think. Um, but let's look ahead to week six. Starting to look ahead to week six. In the only way that we know how, of course, that's with... Forget about it! Yes, forget about it. The players that are locked into your lineup every week, we're not going to talk in detail about them, but uh, don't worry about it, just put them in there. Uh, quarterback... Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Herbert's back off by. Forget about it! Running back, McCaffrey, Pollard, Bijan, Eckler, Karen Williams, and Josh Jacobs. Forget about it! Karen Williams as well. Karen Williams. <laughs> uh, mm. Wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Amara St. Brown, if he plays, Chris Olave, stick with him. Uh, of course, Jamar Chase. AJ Brown's been great. Mike Evans, Cup and Puka of the Rams, and Keenan Allen. Forget about it! And at the tight end position, Kelsey Hawkinson, Andrews, Kill Laporta. Forget about it! A lot of tight ends in there this week. But moving in, 
to the projection beta section players that we think are going to outscore the ESPN projections in the coming week. So get them in your lineups. Let's start at running back because I'm really excited about mine. Can I start, lads? I'm really excited about my pick this week. Go for it. At running back. It's Raheem Mostert playing the Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm excited about this uh, and this analysis is going to be very short. You know, Miami's offense is on a historic trajectory. Currently, more yards than any team ever in NFL history through five games. Uh, uh, head coach McDaniel huh. had uh, some funny things to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a large part of this has been down to the running game, which is currently averaging 185 rushing yards per game. Now... That's split between Mostert and Achan. So, lads, tell me if you have essentially two players averaging 150 yards per game. You take one of those players away because Achan's going to miss a few weeks. Uh, what do you get? You get Raheem Mostert going absolutely nuclear on what I think is the worst team in the league in the Carolina Panthers. This is the biggest smash play of the season so far. What's he projected? Ah, I'm glad you asked, Lewis. 16.5. That's chump change for Raheem Mostert in this game. Lock him in. Lock him in. Um, Lou, who's your running back? I'm going to go with James Cook. Buffalo Bills running back. Uh, he's projected 14.5. Um, this past week in London was a down week for him, but until then he's been solid. Fantasy football, 14 points, 13 points, 19 points in the previous three games. He's the clear lead back on this team. I know there was debates coming in to the season, but 63 carries for Cook so far, um, which is far more than Murray and Harris, his backfield um, teammates, combined. 18 targets as well, which again leads the backfield. Um, he, he just looks really good, to be honest with you. Um, and he could look even better against one of the worst teams in the league, the New York Giants, because the New York Giants are very, very bad. Um, they're giving up over, um, they're giving up over 135 rushing yards and over a touchdown a game to running backs and 28 fantasy points a game to the position. Bills are favoured by 14 in this matchup against the Giants. Going to be plenty of opportunities for Cook, plenty of opportunities for this Bills run game. Yes, that fourteen point five projection is high, but I think I think his ceiling is even higher in this game. Chapels, uh, I've gone for um, Alexander Matteson, uh, running back for the Vikings. A um, little bit worried, obviously Cam Akers has joined there and might get might start getting a few more carries. Uh, but Chicago have given up the third most points to to running backs going into this, and I do think that the Justin Jefferson injury potentially opens up maybe a bit more opportunity, a few more receptions for for Madison because he is a he is a competent receiving back. Got himself a, a touchdown reception last week, so I think even if he loses out a little bit on the on the run go, run game in terms of carries to to Cam Akers, he should have a bit of extra work. And should be a, a good matchup as well against this Birds team. So, projected 13.6, think it's a very beatable score. But I have to say, this week, running back position was my least favourite one. I think there's a lot of guys on high projections. And, uh, yeah, I think it might be a tough one for to beat uh, Raheem Mostert aside. Yeah, um, <clears throat> running backs this year have been uh, really hard to project. 
Um, but wide receiver, I'm going Jordan Addison, projected 14 at Chicago. Um, again, a bit like Monster, taking the low-hanging fruit. You know, Jefferson is done for a few weeks, so Addison's going to be the guy. Uh, I'm not personally buying the Osborne narrative, Lou. Uh, just told you to pick him up off waivers, and, you know, it's worth a pickup, but I think there's a reason why the Vikings brought in Addison uh, in terms of prospects. He was top three at the position coming into the draft, along with Zay Flowers and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, and we've certainly seen flashes as to why Addison was that highly rated. You take that completely random week where he had no targets a few weeks ago out of the equation. You've got a wookie. You've got a wookie. A wookie. A wookie. You're watching Star Wars. <laughs> got a wookie wide receiver. <laughs> what would that look like? Um, <laughs> you've got a rookie wide receiver averaging 15 points per game. I, I think that now there's no Jefferson, there's no chance of those goose games for um, Addison. Uh, and this week he gets a Burrs team who is a great matchup. Um, you, you want to target them. I'm not saying that it's going to be Jamar, uh, Justin Jefferson. I keep saying Jamar Jefferson the past few weeks. Jamar Jefferson. The the um, I'm not saying he's going to get Justin Jefferson production, but Justin Jefferson usage, which is key, I think. So I'm going uh, Jordan Addison this week. A Wookiee wide receiver against a bunch of burrs. I would pay to see that. <laughs> Wookiees are pretty much burrs, though, anyway, aren't they? <laughs> I'm going to go DK Metcalf, um, whose projection is, I, I feel, very low. Um, he's projected 13.8 this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I don't think, I don't, I really don't think Metcalf's been bad this year. You know, he's averaging 14.2 fantasy points per game, which is higher than what he's projected in this matchup. He's been Really safe. Granted, not blown you away any weeks, but he's, DK Metcalf's a, a really good wide receiver. Now, I'm going to talk a bit more about why I think this matchup is good for the passing game when I talk about my quarterback. All I'll say about DK Metcalf is, so the Bengals are middle of the pack in terms of pass defense. Um, they're giving up an average of 10.7 yards per completion. And the the Bengals' DA dot, so defensive average depth of target, um, so basically, this number, the higher the number, the further down the field a team is throwing against you. Um, the Bengals is the highest in the league at 10.3. So teams, when they've wanted to pass against the Bengals, they've obviously seen something in that secondary that's made them want to throw it long. And when you're dealing with a receiver like Metcalf, who's already averaging um, 14.9 yards per catch this season, you are asking for trouble. So... I'm smashing Metcalf in my lineup this week. Mm, I wonder who your quarterback's going to be then. <laughs> Sharples, wide receiver. Uh, I'm going for CD Lamb, uh, a guy that I was nice. hoping would be a forget nice about this here. season because I drafted him with my third round pick, but unfortunately not had that uh, those big heights we're expecting from him. He's currently the wide receiver 16, uh, but projected 15.3 points against a Chargers team uh, that's given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. I know I'm starting to quote those kind of second most thing, um, sort of trends a bit more because now like we've, we've we've played five games, so we're starting to see these trends now, and I think you can you can mm. base a bit more your projections on them. I think the first few games might have said something like I don't know if say the Cowboys had opened bad, if we said the Cowboys, you know, you can't make any predict- predictions based on based on one or two games, but now we're we're sort of fully into the season, and so I'm gonna 
be looking at a lot of those uh, when I sort of pick players for this. And yeah, I mean, it's been slow the past few weeks. He was the highest targeted player for the for the Cowboys. Unfortunately, that was only five targets. Dak Prescott was obviously gifting the ball to the 49ers every chance he got. Um, so we didn't see the best of him last week. But yeah, coming up against this Chargers team, I think it should be a bit of a shootout. Obviously, Chargers can put up points, so can Dallas. So I'm hoping for a nice, uh, I don't know, 45-39 final score, CD Lamb, 19 touchdowns. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, and I'm going to piggyback off that with my quarterback pick, which is Dak Prescott. Projected 16.1 in that game at Los Angeles. Sharples pulling a face there. You need him to be good for your pick, though, Sharps. And and I think the Dallas Cowboys uh, fantasy owners need a confidence boost. Um, now, you might think I'm a hopeless Cowboys fan sticking by his guy, but that's not true. You'd be wrong to assume that. This is just matchup-based, as Sharples was just going through. Um, I, I suppose I don't think... Uh, you know, Prescott's as bad of a quarterback as he looked last week, and that game was against San Francisco. And the 49ers' defense, the Chargers are not. The Chargers are bad on defense, is what I'm saying. Uh, pass defense is the worst in the league. So I expect both Prescott and this offense to bounce back and show the old offensive coordinator why he was shown the door. Uh, and you know what, maybe maybe Dak is just the guy who beats up on bad offences these days. Sure, bad defences, I should say, these days. Sure, you look at his big performances last year, Chicago, Minnesota, Jacksonville. This is a game to target. You know, looking at the previous year and this year, I think you can you can play Dak Prescott in plus matchups. Um, and just play him while you can, because we've seen flashes of what he can do. Sharp has alluded to the fact that you're going to want players in this game because hopefully it's going to be a shootout, as we always seem to hope with the Chargers, weirdly. Um, so, yeah, Prescott above 16.1 fantasy points. Uh, best game of the season so far, I'm saying. Blue? Nice. I'm going to go uh, Geno Smith, uh, projected 16.4 points, which, again, um, I think, you know, he's pretty, pretty beatable. Smith's been safe so far this season, you know, 846 passing yards, five touchdowns, one pick, um, relatively underwhelming compared to sort of last year's noteworthy year, um, but, you know, part of that's matchup related, I'd say, you know, last week versus, last game versus the Giants, they didn't really need him that much to throw the ball or anything like that. I think this game against the Bengals, who should have figured something out on offense, uh, is going to be more competitive, um, it's one of the higher over-unders of the week. And, you know, I alluded to this Bengals pass defence when I was talking about Metcalf, but they are middle of the pack. They're giving up 213 passing yards a game and they're giving up seven passing touchdowns. But I think these numbers are skewed because, remember, this Bengals team was bad up until this last week. Teams didn't really have to throw the ball on them uh, in a lot of these games. So you take that into account and... I don't think they're anything to be afraid of, especially with a Seahawks team who have the weapons that Smith has. You know, coming off the bye week, I, I, this has got to be a solid game for Geno Smith, mm. surely. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm plugging him in. Nice, nice. Sharps? Yeah, I'm going for the uh, fellow that I recommend that you take from waivers, Matt Stafford. Um, he is currently projected 16.9 uh, points, which if he got that, that would actually be his highest finish uh, 
um, so far this season. But like I mentioned before, I think Cooper Cup coming back in is huge for them. Um, and obviously with the emergence of Puka Nakua as well, um, yeah, I think he's got a lot of weapons. I think they're against an Arizona team which has given up the third or fourth most uh, points to fantasy quarterback. So I'm hoping that the stars are going to align. Matt Stafford breakout week. Uh, yeah, really, uh, really good matchup for him, I think. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I, I tried calling it the other week as well. I mean, he's, he's been really good, but the fantasy points just haven't been there. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, tight end, I'm going to go Cole Komet. Um, it's a bit of a steep projection for a tight end, 10.8, but we're talking about a dude that's found the end zone three times in the past two games. Um, hoping that the Bears see something there and uh, throw the ball a couple more times in the end zone. So, yeah, Cole Komet. I'm going to go Cade on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tight end, who is, yeah, he's easily the starting tight end. There's no no question there, no competition there. Um, he's playing the Lions, who've, you know, like I was talking about earlier on in the podcast, have been a really good defence against everyone but tight ends uh, because they're giving up over 13 points a game to that position. Orton's been decently involved in this offence, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Projected 7.2. Let's see. Let's see. Sharples? Yeah, I really wanted to pick someone like Taysom Hill, who's got a 3.6 projection, and so he'd have to score negative <laughs> numbers for me to, to have a bust. But I thought, no, in the spirit of it, I'm going to pick someone who I'd actually be happy fielding uh, in my roster. And so I settled on uh, Logan Thomas, tight end for the Washington Commanders, projected 8.7 points. Um, and again, the Falcons are giving up the second most points to... Uh, fantasy tight ends he had a really big week last week against Chicago I'm not expecting him to repeat that I don't need him to repeat it uh, but if he gets sort of half as many targets and, and a similar amount of yards more, and, and not a touchdown he'll still beat it so yeah um, Logan Thomas Logan Thomas this week for me very nice very nice and let's round things off by looking at the games next week with Sharples' tier list um Looking through the games at the minute, struggling to see any barn burners. I think there's a few yeah. key, interesting ones though. But tell us what you've got, Sharps. Yeah, so this is it's a bit more positive. This one, I did make an effort this week to to be a bit more optimistic. Um, so I've only got three in the bad, um, but they are bad. Um, oh, yeah. Titans, Ravens, Falcons, Commanders, and Raiders, Patriots. Yeah, the, the the Titans one is a shame because obviously that's in London, so we're gonna have to watch it. I think, yeah, you'd hope that the a few weeks ago you'd hope that the Falcons Commanders was like two tough teams playing each other, but now it's just kind of yeah. two meh teams playing each other. Yeah, with no one you really yeah. care about aside from Bijan Robinson. No, agreed, agreed. Um, but we got a few, a few in the meh. Um, I think there's a couple of even matchups and a couple of where it's you know a really good team playing not a great team. So I'll reel them off. We've got the Texans against the Saints, the Chiefs against the Broncos, Jaguars against the Colts, Bears, Vikings, Rams, Cardinals, Jets, Eagles, and Bills, Giants. So I think the Cardinals Saints could be a really good game. 
two teams that are playing really well. Uh, Rams, Cardinals, you know, if the Cardinals the show that they could... Texans, Saints. Texans, Saints, sorry, what did I say? Cardinals. Cardinals, sorry, I had Cardinals on the mind. Texans, Saints could be a really good game. Rams, Cardinals, if the Cardinals show that they can score points, that could be all right. Um, and, and I suppose if the Burrs keep scoring at the rate they have been, then that could be interesting. But yeah, Lou. I... Um... I mean, the game I've got my eye on is one that Sharps hasn't mentioned yet. So, what's the next tier? Okay, so in the good, we've got the Dolphins against the Panthers, mainly because I think the Dolphins might beat that 70-point score that they got against the Broncos <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've also got the Bengals Seahawks, hoping that'll be a mini yeah. shootout. Uh, Browns yeah. Niners and the Lions against the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the Browns Niners mm. just because I think it's interesting. You know... The Cowboys, the 49ers and the Browns are probably have been the three best defences mm. in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see if the 49ers absolutely steamroll this defence like they did to the Cowboys. Because if they if they steamroll the Cowboys and the Browns back-to-back, mm. the, the whole league is on notice. Yeah, I, I think we're going to yeah. find out a lot about the Browns this week. I think the first few weeks was very generous for that Browns defence, personally. Uh, like the... Yeah. the, the um, the look of Bucks Lions, though. Mm. Mm. Yep, and to finish us off, the PA Stiller Resistance, the creme de la creme of this week, the Chargers versus the Cowboys. You'd certainly hope so. you certainly hope there's no cheating this week. Yeah, well, <laughs> you'd hope so, but you never know what you can go to get away with in the league. Yeah, I know. Well, mm. to finish off, lads, my notes just say Kara. <sighs> We'll get Sharples to judge the Carragher impressions really quick. Yes. Because it's been on my mind for the last hour. <laughs> if, 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 I hope you can hear it. I'll go first. <coughs> talk, about, talk about offside. Talk about offside. Most like, he needs to start his run there. He needs, you talk, it's, yeah, no, that's my... No, no, no. So I'll do, I'll do the similar sentence, but I'll do it, I'll do it better. <laughs> I'll do it better. Okay, no, no. Shh, shh, shh. Yeah. Um, you know, Mo Salah. If Mo Salah to stay on side, he's got to start his run. The, not the, but the. Cheers, yours, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. You, yours, can, you can leave now. Thank is, you very yours much. Yours is more a caricature, whereas I, I think mine's an accurate impression. <laughs> the, he's got to start his run. The, talk about offside. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Sharps. Anything. Um, yeah, tough. But both had the merits. I, I'm gonna have to give it give it to Al. Um, what? Yeah, Lou, uh, Defin- I didn't I, even I, do I, an I impression. These, Jamie Carragher came funnier, in, but I thought Al was, was more accurate. Because it was because it was know. yeah, because it was a caricature. And then um, you you, you will be dis- you'll be dis- disgusted by um, the 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 amount of people that we've done that in front of <laughs> that little <laughs> argument interaction there. But yeah, yeah. Um, but just to, just to finish it off, boys, I'll give one for you. It's my Impression of uh, Jamie Carragher uh, talking to a small child. (laughs) 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 Nice. Very good. Very nice. Not, I mean, not nice. Not nice, but it's a nice. It's a nice topical uh, joke. Not a nice, a nice cultural reference joke for us lot in the UK. Because Jamie Carragher is horrible. Yes. Yes. Correct. Okay. (laughs) Um, Thank you very much for listening. We hope. Um, the week six 
has less injuries. Yes, we do. Um, <clears throat> if you want to get in touch in the pocketcostpond at gmail.com, you'll find all details for the email just down in the description. The. The. <laughs> you'll find it. The. Okay. See ya. See ya.